We're live? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We just might be. And it seems to be on the same thing. So everyone, sorry. As soon as I, we were sitting here chatting. As right, soon as you got I pressed, me just chugging water and. <laughs> <laughs> no, as soon as I hit uh, the stream to go live, it uh, crashed. Uh, what can I do? Uh, but I blame NVIDIA because the program I closed that causes resource issues happened to just open back up. But this is the Gunnam Explain show. Uh, it is February 9th. Um, yeah, glad to be back and doing this. Uh, I'm Adam Blue, joined by Steven. Steven, how you doing? Doing well, buddy. How are you? Uh, yeah, doing good. Um, it was actually pretty fun yesterday on your stream. We, it, it was less hobby stuff, and it was actually some like kind of deep. Um, what are you? Uh, not criticizing, but kind of. Um, yeah. I don't know what word I'm looking for. We were kind of diving into the tropes sometimes in storytelling used in Gundam. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. It was definitely more of a conversational piece. um, And, you know, it's just one of those fun questions that that you kind of throw out there. Like, what are, you know, yeah, I I would love to do more shows like that where we do, you know, kind of, I don't know, fantasy matchups. Like, what would happen if Char fought, um, you know, Domunkashu? Yeah. Stuff like that. But, you know, I, I love diving into topics like that, so... Yeah, no, me too. And in, in fact, it was a lot of cool stuff that normally um, I go through so much stuff in an episode of the show. We were able to kind of sit there and dive into that topic for a little while. So, yeah, if you guys haven't joined Steven's uh, YouTube, you can subscribe. Links in the description. Um, let's see. So for today, uh, we're going to talk about, and it won't go too long, but G Fuel, because that's just a thing that's always been in the zeitgeist of being on YouTube. And I've never yeah. really got into it until I got some G Fuel. We'll also talk about the Pale Rider because I, while I did a video about Missing Link, the general story like a year ago, I've actually been playing through the game and I've actually beat the Missing Link portion of Side Stories. And that's given me a great appreciation of the Pale Rider line. It looks awesome already, but there's a lot to that that's pretty cool. Um, And then some other little stuff too. A new mobile suit got introduced to GBO2, which is pretty awesome. Um, uh, yeah, and all that normal stuff, but, uh, real quick, just to look at the chat, uh, shirt lad happened to beat Robert, which was pretty crazy. So good to see you there. Dan Vince, Neo X, Web Fox 100. Um, let's see. Ian Hansen. Good to see you. Uh, rogue new type goose, Brian Zanicelli. Okay. We're off at a good start the then. Suspects. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Rogue's asking, how's everyone doing today? Yeah, how is everyone doing today? Um, doing pretty good. Um, so, uh, yeah, to get started, I actually wanted to jump into, let's see, a uh, supporter question or comment. So this had to do with what I talked about, I think, in your past sh- stream and mine, when we were just talking about random AIs in, in Gundams, and one of them being the Amakusa or Jupiter Gundam. So this is yes. from Lucas Garrett. The Amakusa Jupiter Gundam intrigues me. It seriously does an AI operating system based on the combat data of Amuro Ray from the original RX-78-2 Gundam during the One Year War. What a concept. It also makes me wonder if there was a potential potential to create an Amuro AI using the combat data from the new Gundam during the second Neo-Zeon War, or perhaps even a Shar AI using the combat data from the Sazabi. Just imagining Amuro and Shar fighting posthumously as AI constructs with their own mobile suits would be something worth watching. Which, that's a pretty cool idea, because, yeah, so this Amakusa Jupiter Gundam, this is like in the Crossbone era, it was like a brain that they created in a as far as I understand that they then put in the information from Amro's flight data from a core fighter of the original Gundam. And like Lucas Garrett is pointing out, that's kind of like older Amro or younger Amro, but meaning yeah. previous Amro, whereas yeah. yeah, from a new Gundam, that would actually be pretty interesting because I think we kind of wonder what happened to the new Gundam, 
You know, right? Have they really even explained it? Um, to my knowledge, I don't know. I do know that, I mean, with this, the Zazabi, we probably don't have the opportunity to do anything with since it was the Zazabi cockpit that they extracted Char's personality to put into full frontal. So that one's kind of already off the table. But the new Gundam, I don't recall whether there was anything... I mean, uh, remind me, chat, uh, you know, Twilight Axis, I know the, uh, the Tristan, doesn't it use the new Gundam rifle? Oh, that is interesting. I did I did a deep dive on that recently, but yeah. I don't remember that that could have been the case. And uh, but like that's that. interesting. So so they got the Sazabi cockpit data, mm -hmm. but wasn't the new Gundam holding it when it was on the Astro? So like, so I wonder if there's just something that hasn't been told to the public where when they retrieved the new Gundam, but then it's like, how come then? Who retrieved it? How come the Sazabi, unless the Sazabi data wasn't necessarily in the cockpit, and it was maybe in the Sazabi itself, and the Tristan, or the Twilight Axis was them getting that information? I, Something like that. I, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of unexplored, um, you know, especially in the realm of, like, cloning and AI and the, you know, the various um, sort of esoteric topics in Gundam. For one thing, you know, I stumbled upon some old production notes from Zeta Gundam talking about Shirako uh, being either a clone or maybe like a genetically modified human or maybe even a cyborg. Um, and these were all, you know, ideas that Tomino had thrown out. And he basically said, like, we're not going to say what Shirako was, but just know that Shirako is not a normal human. And isn't it, and I don't know if this has been confirmed, that people with purple or blue hair are genetically enhanced like that was kind of like what was used unsaid in gundam yeah but, it's like the uh the shorthand way of saying you know marion welch um has blue hair for um rosamia yeah i mean that seems yeah. to but then why doesn't it affect the per the the peru clones yeah and, unless that has to do with them being clones and not See, cyber new types. Well, see, that's the thing that I think there's these things that haven't been fully described. Like when someone's yes. being genetically engineered, are they? On one hand, it could be a host body that they're engineering. One, they could be growing someone in a lab. Uh, so I guess it could depend on all that. But um, yeah. Rogue is saying um, that but, yeah, it the Tristan uses the the new Gundam yeah. rifle. Yeah. So um, so that's pretty cool. Um. Let's and see. Brian says, to be honest, I think the new Gundam vanished during the Axis shock, which is certainly possible. I mean, yeah, and then could have gotten burned up in the atmosphere, to be honest. And then there's that other take where it's like with that um, Yokohama Gundams, it's like as if those were canonically restoring the damaged ones. So does that mean the new Gundam was somehow, yeah, or is that, that just like funnel? outside the canon? Canon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, those are some good points that, you know, it's like, it's like they don't necessarily need to be explored, but yeah. it, it makes for some interesting future you see, especially if they did get data to make a full frontal, like what could they do with Amaro? So yeah, that was good that, uh, Lucas brought that up because I really am interested in if they used a core fighter for Amaro, what could they f do even further? So definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, moving on here real quick. In GBO2, uh, they have um, released the Desert Zaku, and it says DR. Now, I didn't know what DR meant, but in this, uh, this Bandai chat I'm in, someone said it had to do with Rommel. It was custom. Mm. So it's as if... The, um, where was it? Yeah, this Desert Zaku is supposed to be the Rommel custom, which could be, I guess, in the way where it has the different colors to the shoulder pads, or the shoulder pads, shoulder armor and yeah. spike armor. I mean, it it looks kind of similar. You know, MSV, you know, that's what this is from, kind of has that older look anyway, so they probably just did the modern interpretation. Um, mm -hmm. 
which is pretty cool. And it's a 400 cost, which is pretty neat, too. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they're kind of going back and introducing some of these older, or well, not older, um, some of these lower cost suits. You know, it, I yeah. think that we had been raising the bar a little too much lately, like, oh, Unicorn and New yeah. Gundam, Zazabi, you know, all these 700 pointers that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to go back to these. In, and even like part of this, the bonus item is the turban. So it almost goes more to that kind of storyline. And I'm forgetting exactly the details, but in Africa, isn't Rommel, wasn't he a guy that was stationed there or he escaped to there? It was something like that. Yeah, Shirt Lad says uh, Desert Rommel, human from Double Zeta. From Double Zeta, okay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that was that whole time where they were in the, the desert and wasn't even gear in there. And actually, that's, if I'm not mistaken, it was shortly after that where they had that discussion about the clones and his bloodline. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Just more like, uh, double Zeta lore and stuff, even though this is a good example of something that was an MSV design and then they introduced it, I guess. Well, not, well, the character Rommel in double Zeta. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then other game news real quick is SD gun and battle Alliance is on game pass and that's the Xbox pc and xbox game pass which yeah. is pretty cool i don't know though i know the xbox is cross play with xbox pc but i don't know if xbox and general pc like steam is cross play but i would think it would oh. be if the xbox yeah. uh if the pc xbox version is so and yeah i would hope so and you got it on switch right yeah i have the switch version which is compatible with nothing <laughs> you know, I got the Switch version recently just to have it on Switch also because the family plays awesome. it a lot in the living room. It's like, here's some Gundam guys, but it well, actually go up there. So, oh, so yeah, that's another thing. Um, but it actually yeah. looks way better than I thought, being that the Switch is a little older. Um, yeah. I think it, it almost has like a nice smooth look to it, whereas on the PC, there's so many graphical effects. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I can't tell when I need to block. Um, they, they did a good job, I think, downscaling it to uh, to the Switch's specs. Um, and, and sometimes yeah. I like that because, you know, like you said, I, I know that as much as I love Gundam Breaker 3, man, that can get overwhelming just like all the different lighting effects going on. There's uh, blasters and it's like, bloom, plus at, at a certain point, blur. there's just nothing but funnels. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Like, I, there's... Even when I was playing it on PC, I was trying to turn down particle effects, and there's really no option for that. No. Um, there's some base options to turn down, but it's just I wanted to be able to have a better view on timing the the guard, the blocking and stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, I have a, a video that went up this week where I talked about you know Zesty Gun and Battle Lines worth it in 2023. You know, spoiler, it is. But on that video. You, if you put a comment on it and you're subscribed to the channel, that enters you into winning a code. I have a few codes to give out for SD Gun and Battle Lines. They were provided to me by Bandai Namco. I have to legally say that. But also, that's awesome that they um, did that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you guys are interested in getting a code for the Switch version, just make sure you're subscribed to the channel, but comment on that video. Um, but along with things given to me, this goes to the G Fuel thing. So... Um, I, I'm not paid to do this or anything, but, um, again, Bandai Namco sent me, uh, the G Fuel, but G Fuel also sent me G Fuel. So soon I'll be doing a giveaway for the collector's edition that comes with, uh, uh, this cup. That's pretty sweet. Um, it also has like a, a sticker with the RX-782 and it says G Fuel. Awesome. But. So here's the thing. I've never tried G Fuel because I've never thought there was a reason to. I mean, and I mean, there, there being a Gundam version, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Except, you know, it was Fair. given to me. So I'm like, oh, I might as well try it. But the thing is, I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm a health nut, but I kind of watch what I put into my body. And I, I mainly drink uh, seltzer water um, and some coffee. So I was looking at what was in G Fuel. And there's no sugar. So that's cool on one hand. And yeah. I'm reading all these other ingredients that I don't understand uh, or that I've never heard of. Like off the top of my head, I don't know what 
glucuronolactone is or N-acetyl-L-carnitility. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know enough of like my high school chemistry to know like ose is a sugar, like fructose, glucose, like those are sugars. That's right. Um, That's know, right. Like that. um, and so, but doing the research on these individual ingredients that are added, they're actually like good things. Like one helps with um, unraveling the binding that causes cancers. Like I guess, yeah. And then one helps with better blood clot performance. So like if you get cut, the the blood works better. That one also is one ingredient is used to help treat people with ADHD. So this is supposed to be like a performance drink. So that would make sense. You'd have yeah. something like that. It's the main ingredient being the caffeine, but it's less caffeine by almost half than what would be in a grande Americano from Starbucks. That's so, what I've noticed about a lot of these types of performance beverages, gummies, whatever. You know, it's like there's a lot of like L-theanine. I, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that, but like, yeah. you know, just different compounds that improve um, focus and attention, but not necessarily caffeine, which is just a pure stimulant. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because this drink tastes very good. Like this, I don't know how to explain this flavor. It's called uh, Ramune Melon. And it has a melony taste, but it almost tastes like a pink Starburst. That's like the best way to describe it. And it's an awesome taste. I So I am like shocked like how not junk this is, but it contains things that I would feel maybe, and again, I don't know, I don't want to endorse this aspect of it, but I feel like if you don't do a lot, but maybe a little bit every day, like it's kind of like your drink to start the day like a coffee, you might get some benefits long term out of it um, because it just has extra vitamins in there. Yeah, even some of the, there's some acids added in here that are supposed to help metabolize certain things into its um, uh, vitamin like one helps metabolize vitamin C and okay. that's a good thing. So it, I'm shocked that G fuel actually has good stuff in it. Now that's the thing. There's probably a lot of good stuff out there that people can get. And I think then the whole angle that the gamma labs company or G fuel has is making it related around video games. Cause you can go buy Sonic G fuel. So it's, it's, it almost at first seemed like this gimmick to just be like, Hey, we're selling video game themed drinks. But looking at the ingredients, it's actually pretty decent stuff. Now, the the one main thing, and I thought this was interesting, was there is something, there's a warning on here about the level of lead that could be in this, okay? And at first I was concerned and I was researching it, but apparently the state of California has this requirement to say a warning, even oh. though it is 25% less than what the FDA requires dangerous or uh, yeah says is dangerous it's just california requires a label if it's 25 percent less anyway um but then i was doing some more research and there's even candles i could go buy at the store right now that has a, a warning a california label warning on it saying that this will cause cancer oh yeah like and so i'm oh okay so this is california just being super 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 transparent yeah. and because really there's more than i thought there's the potential of lead in a lot of uh, produce, for instance, and I didn't know that. That has mm -hmm. to do with the ground, could have the dirt, the soil that it's made in could have lead. It's like very common. Metallic aluminum, too, is another, uh, oh. is another like, it, it, it appears in a lot of food, which is not a good thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, legally speaking, there's a certain amount of, you're, you're allowed to consume a certain amount of lead and aluminum, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and so this just came up recently, too. Dark chocolate. Apparently, Nestle and a couple other companies are actually getting sued right now because they actually have higher levels of lead than they're supposed to in yes. dark chocolate, and so many people consume dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. The G Fuel seems like a good idea, especially if, like, maybe you're on coffee and you kind of want to back off of coffee. Or especially energy drinks like those. Yes. those are so bad for you. Like you know anything. Good idea. Um, you know, anything that's like loaded with sugars and stuff like that. You might as well 
switch to something like G Fuel and wean yourself off of, you know, because like you said, consuming, if the dietary guidelines are that uh, someone over 18 shouldn't be consuming more than 300, 400 milligrams of caffeine a day, I mean, uh, these Celsius energy drinks uh, have 200 milligrams. So that's like half of your caffeine allotment for the day and probably shouldn't be drinking it in the span of like 15 minutes. Yeah. No, that's excellent take. I, I think that is a good idea too. Some people are into these energy drinks that are a little more dangerous. I remember I used to drink Monsters like every night when I would game and I don't even think it really did anything. But <laughs> yeah, I think just... there was enough sugar where like it was making me like want to have it, you know, mm -hmm. like but and, and that's I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole of hyper palatable foods and <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just want to bring that up because uh, the G Fuel tasted great. It, if you guys like Gundam, you might as well buy some of the G Fuel. It's it's uh, sold out. But I think I'm going to even at Walmart, they have them for like a dollar. I think oh. I, I think I'll get them more often alongside my um uh, uh, seltzer waters just to have and not rely on coffee so much and i do tea also and tea has some of the same things but Definitely. anyway that's enough of kind of not gundam information even though it's kind of based in gundam information yeah okay so next i want to talk about the pale rider and actually let me adjust this just a little bit okay so the Pale Rider is just a badass-looking mobile suit, right? It's like it a really GM, is. but it has that. It has a little more going on on its head to almost be like a Gundam, and then it's got like that singular antenna. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I knew of the Pale Rider was because people talking about how awesome it is, but also in um, GBO2, they have Pale Riders, which is pretty cool. Um. Okay, so it the Pale Rider showed up in the the game Missing Link, and right. as far as I know, like the, that game Missing Link on PS3 has all the other video games, side story video games in it. But this one came out in 2014. So was that really the first time the Pale Rider was known in Gundam lore? I believe so. Um, That's pretty cool. I think that uh, it gets conflated with Blue Destiny a lot due to the similarities. Um, ah, okay. But and I mean, even in the Missing Link storyline, you you know you encounter the Blue Destinies as well as the Pale Rider. So, yeah. So what's cool too is it's developed from the Red Rider, which we're going to look at in a second. But also Gundam Unit Four and Five, which isn't that like another video game based story. Yeah, that's another side story. The uh, yeah, what like Flash Beyond the Stars or something like that. Yeah, was that the one that was in um, Encounters in Space or a different one? I, I didn't play Encounters in Space, so I don't know for sure. But oh, okay, because um, Encounters in Space had like this side story with two Gundams, so I don't know if that's it that's or not. Um, one then, yeah. But I like that because it's almost like. They're really taking into account these other RX-78 units. It's like, why are there so many? But they're taking into account their use being used into the future. So it was those two in the RX-80 RR Red Rider that made the first... Uh, so this Red Rider is from Mobile Suit Gundam Aggressor, which is a manga mm -hmm. that showed up in a magazine. Um, and that was 2014. So that's interesting because that's close to the time of Missing Link. So this must have been part of the background information on purpose. Um, okay, it doesn't have a history thing, but maybe yeah, I want to say the Pale Rider came out first uh, cr chronologically, but then you know the Red Rider was introduced as like a prequel, um, ah. like a. Like a yeah, supporting story. But, you know, like you said, uh, I think so many streams ago, it's tough to keep track of all of the different side stories that go on. Like, some of them are just randomly in model graphics. Like, you know, you have yeah. kind of... It, it, it gets it gets difficult to piece together some of these, uh, some of these lore questions. 
And that's why I have been taking the video game seriously, and I love, since I love video games, I love that they take the video game seriously when it comes to Gundam storytelling. They do, um, yeah. So, okay, so real quick, with the Red Rider, it's a prototype mobile suit developed for the Pale Rider project. It is an experimental unit intended to collect data for further development of the Pale Rider. However, unlike the Pale Rider, it lacks the hand beam guns and crotch-mounted thruster. Hmm. Crotch-mounted thruster. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> its shoulders and knees are equipped with uh, the wearable armor first used by the uh, RGM-79 FPGM Striker. Okay, the Hades system is absent, and instead an experimental system named Ares, so oh, there we go, was installed. Mm -hmm. The mobile suit's computer is a voice interactive type, so various actions, including the activation of the Ares system, can be performed via verbal commands. Which, again, lends to, when piloting a mobile suit, how much of it is, in a sense, automated. It's less right. about physically moving each arm and leg, and, you know, there's a lot of automation to it. Um... Okay, so you know what? Really, that's not that much information. Um, when it comes to the Ares, it's the predecessor of the Hades system, an experimental system connected to the computer of the machine activating. The system will release the Red Rider's limiter and increase its movement performance by 150% for 300 seconds. Sounds like a video game thing. However, <laughs> it places a heavy load on the pilot and runs a high risk of killing them in the event that the heart stops beating a shock resuscitation program called the Rim Va is activated. So that's cool that it could so be so powerful <laughs> that it it puts the pilot in like some cardiac arrest and it has a built-in system to resuscitate him. I love that actually. It makes you wonder why, you know, a lot of these other systems, the Exam, Hades, why they didn't have these kinds of fail safes installed like oh, you know, if if yeah. the psycho Gundam drives you crazy, let's uh, you know, administer I don't know, some some medication that will Yeah. Uh, that'll dim your brain activity just enough to I like that or it reminds me was it oh I'm forgetting who it was it was Quattro maybe this was the beginning of Zeta or am I, I don't know when they cut themselves and then they have they are like repairing themselves like if, I find that interesting like the medical stuff that would be available you know during that time frame yeah um, yeah there's definitely not uh, you get a little bit of it throughout the series is series multiple series <laughs> yeah, series i um you know you get a couple of instances like wow that's a that's a neat technology i'm surprised that they didn't kind of explain more of it and it's just part of the verisimilitude of the universe the like, world building just things yep. that we have <laughs> that we use yeah i love it um real quick looking at chat um nike was saying does this g fuel taste and smell like gundam though that's a real question you know what it it tastes like the beam saber would look I, and I don't know if that makes sense. It's like it that pink like Starburst. Pink. <laughs> I, that's why I was like, I feel like it's a Beam Saber flavor. <laughs> I mean, it would probably taste like burnt flesh. <laughs> but um, if you could even taste it at that point, because then your tongue would be seared off. See, it's impossible to know. Um, right. Don't all right, so forbidden Beam Sabers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah the, I guess they need to capitalize on that, because I have these effect parts for my robot spirits that are like the pink beam saber like the thrust and they look like candy and it's like <laughs> if any little kid had this i'm sure they would eat it um oh no so neo x rider uh red rider is my favorite pale rider it was originally supposed to have a v fin but the people who make the suit they wanted it to look more like a gm so they got rid of the the v fin and instead added the commander fin okay yeah um so, from Nike, fun fact, uh, RX-80RR Red Rider was developed into the uh, ADPR Pale Rider, which was then developed into the AMX-018 Hades Totus Ritter, which, yeah, we're going to get to. So, I was saying, because I look at these weird words and I make up saying the pronunciation in my head, I was saying Toad's Rider, but... Which, I think it's just German for Pale Rider, if... Oh, really? Like, yeah, I think I'm... I'm 65% sure that uh, Toad's Ritter enough. is just German for... <laughs> good enough for government work, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you would say Toad's Ritter? Toad's yeah, Ritter? That would be that would be German for Pale Rider. Oh, sweet. Thank you. That's some good... If or, anyone or, well, got anything Dan, from this podcast... In the chat that Toad's Ritter is something like Death Knight, because Toad is death. Oh. Okay. 
again, that's pretty interesting. Um, okay, let me look. Death Knight. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so anyway, yeah, let's move on because we're actually going to get to that. So, Red Rider was first made as the prototype test bed for the Pale Rider, which looks badass. It's blue. It's got the beam sabers on its uh, on either side, w which is pretty mm -hmm. sick, like a samurai. Um, love the leg thrusters. It has a... Uh, um, is that more like Alex-style leg? Or is that generally on the... Um... No, it's a little shorter that's on the Mark II. But it has yeah, more of the yeah. uh, bigger ones from the Alex. Love that yeah, look. Yeah, those uh, calf-mounted th thrusters. Those are... Yeah. Okay, so it was developed, and we have a couple things here we're going to look at. BD Rider is outside UC, so we won't look at that. But Pale Rider Calvary. Another cool one. I know about this because it was the first Pale Rider I unlocked in GBO2. Same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... The RX-80PR2 was the mass production test unit of the Pale Rider plan, S not Pale Rider project. Hmm. They kind of changed it on us. Okay. Since it was the culmination of the entire project, it was named Calvary. Its main difference from the Pale Rider was a limiter placed on the Haiti system to ease the burden on the pilot, though there was still risk of the unit going berserk. S several hard... Uh-oh. I think an ad just ruined everything. Uh, several hardpoint-mounted weapons are omitted in favor of the composite weapon Shekinah to reduce cost. Okay. <laughs> so it so it seems like the idea was reduce the burden, even though it could still go berserk, and uh, several hardpoint... What's that? The system, so the system uh, removes the limiters of the mobile suit so that the mobile suit can perform better. But the cavalry version of the system puts a limiter on the system so that when the limiters are removed from the mobile suit, it, do <laughs> it doesn't hurt the human <laughs> inside. We, we it doesn't hurt the pilot, the delimiter. <laughs> but it might still go berserk and destroy everyone else. Um, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and so it had several hardpoint mounted weapons removed. So the composite weapon, Shekinah. I don't know what that is. I hope I can... Um, yeah. I was like, I hope I can search that and it doesn't come up with anything bad, but it's like a... There's this lady named Shekina. I, I don't know her. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Am I, it, okay, the composite weapon, Shekina, combines three different weapons ah, into one piece of equipment, a giant Gatling gun, a mega beam launcher, and a micro missile launcher. With this weapon's versatility, the Pale Rider Cavalry can handle various combat situations from close range engagements that commands high mobility to long-range shelling so that's very cool what do you say well i was gonna say you know what this reminds me of did you ever watch that movie um the fifth element oh and yeah there's the rifle that oh yeah sells to the mercenaries and it's like look at all the stuff that this rifle can do it's got a flamethrower it's got an ice beam it's got missiles it's good you know that's your Shekina right there. It, but that's a good idea because when they're making it this a mass-produced version, I like the idea Then there must be this mass-produced weapon that has all of these little things involved, which that's a good way to go about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, too bad they don't have a picture from uh, um, GBO2 in here. But yeah. anyway, so... Travis Kirkland was the pilot. Did was he a pilot from the prototype through all the different ones? So Kirkland was actually um, the pilot of the Slave Wraith. So he was he was one of the people fighting against the Pale Rider. Oh, that's or at right. Least, uh, the creator of it, you know, Graves. Um. So I'm surprised yeah. that he uh, that he would get in the cockpit of one of those things. Yeah, because I guess during the story, which I could only vaguely understand from Missing Link, it, they pretty much switch sides, right? Yeah. Well, they have kind of like a Dirty Dozen type thing going on yeah. or like a Suicide Squad deal where the Slave Wraiths are these kind of war criminals anyway that the Federation is sending out on these suicide missions, so. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'll have to revisit all of that because I did have a, a video I did again about a year ago, but I want to revisit it to really get it down. Actually, yeah. 
I'll use ChatGPT to help come up with some trivia questions and answers about Missing Link. There you go. But just make sure to uh, double check the answers that it gives yeah. you. Could. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So one thing from this Calvary, we see that it has a variant, the Doolahan. Doolahan, yeah. So that has this big badass lance sword. Yeah, it's a uh, that that one is a pain in the butt to deal with in GBO two. Um, ah, okay. Since it's equipped with the GM guard custom shield as well. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I've seen that one much in GBO two. That's pretty neat. Um, so the last Pale Rider of the Earth Federation rebuilt based on the Pale Rider Calvary, which was abandoned in the One Year War. Hades isn't installed, but the performance is the same as the Calvary. However, the original equipment has been lost. So that's where it gets this, yeah, Heat Lance, Guardian Shield. Huh. Um, so, and then I wonder, so it says it's in the game. Or manga series, I guess. Yeah, it's not actually in the game, because I was like, I don't remember seeing that. No, yeah, that that one was not in, I, I, don't, I mean, the Cavalry wasn't in the game either. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, I guess the manga really then supports. Yeah. Did you did you finish both the missing link story and the the, the ninety six entry? Yeah the the one with the three uh, levels in space. Mm hmm. That's yeah. The one. Yeah, that was the one where I had trouble. Shirtlad actually helped me with that. I had trouble with the uh, Queen Monster battle Queen because yeah. I didn't know you you couldn't kill it. Right. So I was killing it. <laughs> and then I'd get f mission failed, and I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense, so I won't kill it. But then I would right. get mission failed because it would kill the Totus Ritter. Yeah, so, it's, it's such a weird, like, defense mission where it's like, <laughs> you're basically playing Al and trying to stop the Gundam and the Zaku yeah, from killing exactly. each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's actually true. And, and I'm having to, like, sit in the, or stand in between them or float in between them for a little bit until it triggers. Yeah. Um, okay, so then from that, okay, yeah, from the Pale Rider, it got the Calvary, but also this uh, Totus Ritter, which I think is, it looks sick. Oh, that thing's so vicious. And you even have uh, the model kit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I should have broken it out for uh, for this stream, but it's over in my uh, in my garage studio, so. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, I love the look of it. Kit. Um, oh, yeah. And I only got it recently, uh, and I don't know what cost in GBO2. I don't know what different costs there are of it, but I know it's in a 700. It has all the crazy weapons. Um, right. And because, I mean, it's got sub arms up on its shoulders and yeah, hyper beam sabers, the high grade kit, remote weapons. It's it looks yeah, it looks awesome. And again, this is one that I just don't know too much about. The only way you really get exposure from it is A, playing GBO2, or B, playing Missing Link, which mm -hmm. that that game was only released in Japan. You know, so... And you don't even get three levels of it. It's like... Yeah. And so I think it's very interesting. This is like a badass mobile suit, but it doesn't have that much Western exposure yet. And even the, the high-grade kit is around 90 to 100, which I would pay for. But, you yeah. know, it's... I believe it was a... P Bandai. Yeah, I think so because the box is yeah not colored. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Yeah, well, I'm going to chat real quick because sometimes there's cool stuff in there. Um, oh, Ian Hansen is saying King Arthur lore makes its way into Gundam. So that might be something I'm not familiar with, but is it based around the King Arthur legend? I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. Me. I could see that happening. Yeah, um, I mean, why not? We've got um, we've got Watership Down in the Gundam universe. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, with the the Hazels, um, yeah. Neo X Call Rider Dylan, also no more as Headless Horseman says it doesn't have the Hades or none of the other systems. So is the Headless Horseman? Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Never thought about that. Um, let's see uh, another one from Neo X. Zeon captured the Pale Rider and basically were like, yeah, let's make this our own main mobile suit. And so they did try to mess with the system, but they kind of couldn't, so they just added stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
which I mean, you know, fanfic. Can you imagine if if the Totus Ritter had actually joined Char's counterattack? Because I mean, it was part of Neo Zeon. Oh um, yeah. If it had made it to Char's counterattack and was fighting to defend Axis and Fifth Luna as they were going down, do you think Amuro would have stood a chance? <laughs> like, hmm. I think so. Oh, uh, you think you think the new Gundam still could have taken it? I think canonically, the new Gundam has to be able to take anything it can that was made at that time. <laughs> uh, yeah, when when they installed that that uh, extra armor plating on the new Gundam, um, the uh, I think Psycho they called frame? it. Yeah, no, no, the the PLOT armor. Oh, oh, PLOT armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that I mean that's actually a good point. And like that AI shark told me. That he would have beat Amuro if he didn't give him that uh, psycho frame tech. That's yep. that's very interesting because I wonder by that time Amuro could have been more of an aged Fetty pilot, even though it's not like that. Eh, I guess that's enough time for technology to catch up and another younger pilot that's a new type to catch up and be able to outsmart Amuro. Because um, it seemed like Char would have been able to if he just didn't give him the psycho frame tech, you know. Yeah, I mean, he pre he made pretty handy work of the Rigazi. Yeah, yep. Um, let's see. Oh, Rogue New Type is saying, I mean, the Riders are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's pretty cool. I never really uh, thought about it. But then there was the new ones introduced in Code Fairy that we're going to look at here in a second. Um yeah. Yeah, Will is saying Totus Ritter is the perfect example of how Xeon can take a Fetty suit and make it look even more badass with Xeon tech. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that right amount of... And then I wonder if the people working on the Totus Ritter were the ones that made the Pale Rider anyway. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. They could have just defected. And... Well, no, by that time, they were probably absorbed into... Um, or the, probably part of the, the same... Yeah, the same group or whatever. Uh, who knows? I... Uh, let's see. Um, oh, classic quarter gameplays. Good to see you. Um, okay, so Toad's Ritter is badass, but there's also some other riders. Um, yeah. If I can remember, what was it? The White Rider. Yeah, the White Rider and Black Rider. Yeah. So this one looks crazy because this takes place during the one-year war you know it's like yeah th it's a this is like an insane looking mobile suit um because it's got the gundam face but it's got like a multi-fin going on there like yeah i mean um, it just reminds me of like the atlas where it's like the design aesthetic doesn't really fit one-year war yeah 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 that is so a couple things about this uh the, the first prototype unit of the Pale Rider plan. Okay, so they backed up. It wasn't the, whatever the other one was we said, the Red Rider. It's it's the right. White Rider. It was created using the RX-80, which the base unit for the Pale Rider. So again, if it was created using the RX-80, then was that really the first prototype unit? Because then it sounds like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think they know either, but... Um, no. Installed with Zeus, a special fire control assistance system, and an early version of what would become the Hades system, the special system could not be downsized, resulting in an enlarged head with an uh, okay, with an, a unique design which resembles a crown. White Rider was mainly created to run the assist control system for Hades, and for operation experiments using the composite weapon system Shekina. The prototype Shekina was a weapon designed to test high a high power beam cannon. It was concluded that using it would lead to adverse effects where it would overload the MS and hinder the ability to use other beam weapons. Therefore, the beam output of the Shekinah considered for mass production was reduced. The unit fulfilled its objective when the Pale Rider was completed. It was then transferred to the Black Dog Squad and deployed in actual combat during the North American counteroffensive operations. So I kind of like the idea that it's this crazy prototype. They even know it's a crazy prototype. When yeah. it was done, they didn't know what to do with it, so they just launched it in the North America counteroffensive, which 
from what I understand, it it almost appeared that Zeon had North America, but they really didn't. Yeah. Like, the Federation really just wiped them out, but the propaganda for Zeon and the people on Zeon's side thought they had it. And so they were acting very arrogant about taking North America, uh, but it didn't work out. Um. And okay, so to be said about the, like the noisy fairies operation, like the, what that unit was designed to do. Like, yeah, noisy fairy as a unit was supposed to draw out uh, Federation forces, and yeah, yeah. So you know what? Actually, reading that kind of gives me better context to like uh, to understand and be fine with them retroactively adding these other pale riders. <laughs> Um, now, how many other Greek gods can we name systems after? Is there? <laughs> I know. Can we get the Artemis system on board? Uh... I know. And how far when they start using Star Wars to describe like the Jedi system, would they ever do something <laughs> like that? I bet they better not. Um, okay, so Black Rider. This is another one from Code Fairy, which looks pretty cool because it, it it looks like it has radar stuff. I mean from the looks of it, so you would think it's for, like, reconnaissance, but it's also got these beam daggers, so you think it's for close range. Let's see yeah, if it actually has combo. any information. Themis, a prototype of the simplified Hades system that was later installed on the Pale Rider Calvary. Like the Hades system, activating the Themis system causes the mobile suit sensors to turn red. So, wow, there's so many more of these <laughs> special features that... Man, and not much about this. Activating Themis system in Battle Operation 2 shows the Hades emblem. Black Rider's Steel Yard unit was a reference to the biblical horseman of the black horse who carried a pair of scales in his hand. Hmm. Uh, okay, so more information on that, but not the actual... Oh, you know what? Active Camo. A prototype optical camouflage system that enables Black Rider to turn invisible to naked eye, granting the mobile suit high stealth capability. That's probably what those little radar things are so yeah they're, they're less like radars and more projectors of some kind of light some optical yeah effect huh let's see and even the rail cannon uses electromagnetic forces rather than gunpowder to fire solid projectiles at very high velocities this is the same weapon used by the gm land combat type okay so i will say that it seems like it's not too crazy how they kind of, you know, retroactively added these pale riders. I think it it supports it, you know, in a way, which is pretty cool. I just still think it's interesting how and these did get these did get uh gumpla made, right? But they're like not that easy to come across. Yeah, yeah, all those uh limited edition. I think they're all P Bandai um cuz that and the Ifrit Jaeger from um uh from Code Fairy were were also uh, out there. Ah, those would be good to get. I I think I'm I'm now cool with these designs. At first, I did think they were a little a little crazy, but yeah, they're a little over the top. But I mean, I think that they did a fairly decent job, sort of tying them in where it's like you can kind of see the progression. If if you start with the White Rider and you've got the prototype Shekina that doesn't quite work. And then you go to the Pale Rider. It's like, okay, well, we perfected the mobile suit. We're going to continue working on the Shekina, you know, in the background. Then by the time the the cavalry, cavalry. reduced or released, sorry, um, you know, they have an optimized version of the Shekina to go with it. Yeah, I like that. I like. I, I'm. I probably need to make some more lore videos about the Pale Riders in general, just so I can dive in a little deeper, um, and kind of like frame it as a timeline of like how they were developed and what they developed into. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, from Will, I do love how many mobile suits, uh, the writers of spinoff Gundam titles try to force into the last few months of the one year war. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely yeah. for sure. Uh, Neo X, the black rider was specifically made for us though. That's what, why oh for us that's why it can go invisible and all that is the weapons were also made for close range combat in reality i don't like the black rider yeah so that's that's interesting about the black rider thinking about gbo2 how you do active camo you can kind of sneak in and then do your little melee attacks um mm -hmm. uh dan vince is saying black rider is usually interpreted as famine 
Okay. Uh, Neo X in Gundam Kingdom. I saw a bunch of Black Riders. Gundam Kingdom. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Hmm. Not sure what Gundam Kingdom is. Um. Oh, classic quarter gameplays. Yes, I have the Pale Rider kit. So cool of Gunpla. You got to get it if you can. Yeah, I might need to look at those. I need to get the Totus Ritter. Yeah, definitely the Totus Ritter. Uh, There's so many variants of the Pale Rider, too, because you've got the ground specs, you've got the space specs. Personally, yeah. I think the ground spec one looks cooler. It's just a, you know, it looks yeah, I was a looking more... Those up, yeah, yeah, and I like how they have the different yeah variations going on with them, but they're pricey. And that's the thing. That's the thing I've learned, I think, like when a special media for Gundam comes out with a mobile suit, then they make a kit, it's like, ah, oh, you should get it. Because it, like the um, Cuckoo's Doan's Island, so like the yes. Slugger Law, I wanted to get that because it's like, that might, I could see them redoing the um, Zaku's or the um, RX-78 too, because kind of, it's kind of the origin one kind of already came out, but um, yeah, let's see. Uh, we'll read Noisy Fairy, Midnight Fenrir Cores, and a few other cores all stuck on Earth until the end of the One Year War. Yeah, that's kind of that main story, too, with, um, I think even in Missing Link, how they're trying to escape onto the, the things. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, a lot of those Xeon units ended up just protecting HLV carriers that were escaping the planet, uh, while they were retreating back into space. Yeah. So. Yeah, Will was saying that Gundam Kingdom is a Houston, Texas gunpla shop. Oh, good to know. There you go. I might be in Texas, but Houston is <laughs> far away. Uh, on the other side of the, the yeah. state. Um, well, cool. Well, yeah, I think that is uh, it for today. Thanks, everyone, uh, in the chat, especially filling in the gaps as we kind of talk about this lore. I'm I'm loving the Pale Rider stuff. I think that's my new obsession alongside Advance of Zeta is yeah. getting... Um, the Pale Rider stuff, and I think that's interesting because between Advance of Zeta suits and the, like the Pale Rider line, it's really a mix of Federation and Zeon as it goes. Like, in a way, like Titan stuff is more of like bad guy, not necessarily Zeon, but it they yeah. bring in Zeon technology to some of their suits and stuff. So, I think that's yeah, what makes them interesting. Back. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's a good example. Um. Well, cool. Well, yeah, guys, yeah, thanks for joining. Um, again, check that video I posted the other day about SD Gun and Battle Lines because if you post a comment in there, you're entered to win um, the copy of SD Gun and Battle Lines for Switch. Also, because G Fuel gave me some free G Fuel, um, I actually will have two of these, and it's like a collector's thing. So it like comes with the cup and a, uh, a sticker in a box so i'll have that up as a giveaway soon so watch twitter for that and then also check uh the links for steven's channel because it's like a gundam week of content so on wednesdays yeah. he has his uh uh show and even sometimes he'll have his own supporter only we did something on tuesday where we played through some of battlefield records so if you're into that stuff uh support him and you can check out those videos as well anything else yeah, appreciate steven it. No, no, I think that that is, you touched on everything. Cool. Okay, well, cool. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no problem, always. But, uh, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll talk later. See y'all. I'll try to do this, like, cool outro thing, if that Ooh. works. Let's see. Um, no, I'm talking a lot. There we go. Bye.